Welcome back, everyone, to this episode for the Close Quarter Dad podcast. This is one of the special episodes that we call the point of no return. And this is where I get on a call with uh, friends, fellow martial artists, but uh, men and women who are specifically uh, in the line of first response and law enforcement and can give us some uncensored, unbiased, uh, realistic opinions and optics into what it is that we're looking at. And as always, every, everything is really centered around answering the questions that you're going to have for your kids um, and being able to guide them and coach them in the space of safety, personal protection, loss prevention, so on and so forth. One of the real things that's important for me is making sure that the professionals we bring on also know the challenges that you as a father and as a parent face. So they're usually parents as well, too. That's extremely important. Today, I am privileged and honored to have not only a student at our dojo, but a fellow instructor uh, and someone who's been a friend of mine for 20 years now, uh, Sergeant in the New York City Police Department, Eric Caracato. Welcome to the Close Quarter Dad podcast. Discussions about raising your kids with confidence, safety, and resilience. I'm your host, Adam Mitchell, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Eric, welcome to this episode. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having you on more, too, because I, knowing you for so long, I know that you're going to be able to deliver some pretty significant value here. Um, you know, we talked a little bit before the episode, Eric, about what this uh, what this is and just to kind of cue the listeners in, today we're going to be doing something different. We're not actually going to be reviewing a video. We're going to be reviewing an uh, article that was published online, and it was actually, it's a few years old now, and it just came up. It, it caught my eye in one of the local Facebook groups here for parents. I'm sure, you know, the community that you live in, uh, they have, you know, whether it's the you know, the name of your community, moms or families or whatever. And there's a group and it usually has like the school announcements, school closings or the, you know, the Sunday farmers markets happening, all the, just the local announcement happened in that group. Well, this popped up in the, in my town's group. And I said, what? Like so, some of the stuff that was being said in this didn't, I had never heard before. It didn't make a lot of sense. And it was a pretty crazy story. When I Googled the story itself, I discovered that this article was uh, several years old, and it had been talked about quite a bit. Now, the main concern that I have is that this article is, or this content piece, is getting published and it's getting syndicated in groups, family groups, like the one that I discovered it in, which happens to have over 7,000 parents actively involved in daily conversations on it. So they can believe in a lot of this stuff, and they can guide their children to it. So I put the brakes on. I shared this with you uh, uh, last week uh, when we were training and invited you on in onto the show and into this conversation about it. But before we get into it, Eric, I want to go ahead and just read this uh, for the listeners so they understand. I'm not even sure if the person who published this uh, is the real person, so I'm just going to kind of withhold her name uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Everybody should read this. Warning. Some knew about the red light on cars, but not dialing 112. An unmarked police car pulled up behind her and put his lights on. Lauren's parents have always told her to never pull over for an unmarked car on the side of the road, but rather to wait until they get to a gas station, etc. Lauren had actually listened to her parents' advice and promptly called 112 on her cell phone and tell the police dispatcher that she would not pull over right away. She proceeded to tell the dispatcher that there was an unmarked police car with a flashing red light 
on his rooftop behind her. The dispatcher, the dispatcher checked to see if there were police cars where she, where she was, and there weren't. And he told her to keep driving, remain calm, and that he had backup already on the way. Ten minutes later, four cop cars surrounded her and the unmarked car behind her. One policeman went to her side, and the others surrounded the car behind. They pulled the guy from the car and tackled him to the ground. The man was a convicted rapist and wanted for other crimes. I never knew about the 112 cell phone feature. I tried it on my AT&T phone, and it said, dialing an emergency number. Especially for a woman alone in a car, you should not pull over for an unmarked car. Apparently, police have to respect your right to keep going on to a safe place. Quote, speaking to a service representative at Bell Mobility confirmed that 112 was a direct link to the state trooper info. So now it's your turn to let your friends know about dialing 112. You may want to send this to every man, woman, and youngster you know. It may well save their life. This applies to all 50 states. Please pass along to friends, family. It can save a life. Okay, Sergeant Caracato, what say you? Well, there's a lot to digest there. And I want to say far and apart, majority of people get pulled over by a marked vehicle with lights and sirens, and it's clearly marked. Most of them are during the day, and most of them go on with an actual police officer behind the wheel with no hitches. There's a small majority of departments that have unmarked cars. Uh, and in that situation, most people pull over. And they, they, don't, they don't question it. Now, bring it to the point here. 112, I, I'm not sure. I don't know anything about it. And I'm not going to advise people to use 112 for any circumstances because most people don't know what 112 is. Most people do know what 911 is. And so in the small majority of the time where people feel that the person that they're being pulled over by is not a police car, I, I can't say with full confidence, don't pull over because most of the time it's going to be a police car and you would pull over in a safe location, not necessarily in the side of a road with no lights on. You'd pull over in, in a safe location with other people around, even if it's for a mile or two with your hazards on. And if you really feel that that person is not a police officer, you would ask them for, if you don't mind showing me identification, because I know someone in law enforcement, and I, I worry that you're not an actual cop. Any cop would actually show you identification in terms of an actual ID card versus a shield, which can be purchased online or on eBay. But bringing back to the point of not pulling over for a police car, which you see in, in New York, it's blue and, a blue and red lights that would be an actual police car, not just red and not just blue. But if someone is that detriment on pulling people over illegally, they could find a blue and red light, no problem. So it's not necessarily the lights that's going to be a concern. It's the person's identification. If someone is worried that the person that they're getting pulled over on is not a cop, not just pulling over is not a good, is not a good thing. You want to pull over for someone, the light's on, and if you're questioning whether they're an actual cop, you can call 911 at the time. 911 should, in most most jurisdictions, 
send you to the actual location of where you are, the local jurisdiction. You can request that local jurisdiction to inquire whether there are any unmarked cars working in that time, that in that vicinity. And without a matter of fact, because even in a large department as New York City, we'd be able to tell them, yes, there is there is a tour, a black tourist working in that neighborhood. And I confirmed with him that they, are, in fact, are pulling you over. So please pull over for them. And so that is, by and large, a good portion of what I would recommend instead of just wholeheartedly saying to that individual or anybody, don't pull over for an unmarked car. So my 18-year-old daughter asks me this question, Dad, I'm driving through Yorktown, New York, going through some, some back roads, and it's nighttime, and I know that that's not a police car behind me because of the headlights, uh, and they've got their lights on, they're trying to pull me over. What should I do? Should I keep driving until I get to a gas station or you know, a restaurant or something where there's a congregation of people? Uh, I don't want, I'm, you know, here's the reality, Eric, you know it as well as I do. 18 year old girls getting pulled over. Anybody's getting pulled over. The adrenaline starts going. The fear starts kind of kicking in. They start asking questions. What do I do? It becomes, they become even more challenged to operate the car. Uh, then let alone try to shuffle around for their phone and then turn it on and then dial like a little number or, Hey, you know, tell, tell their phone to call it. So, uh, in, in that case, I'm not so sure that I would want my daughter shuffling around and trying to turn her phone on while she's driving a back road, while she's got lights blaring behind her, and she's she's scared to hell because she's getting pulled over. Maybe she doesn't know why. Now, granted, she could have run a red light. She could have done all the things. But I would like to be able to give her a sound answer on what she should do within the parameters of the law and without, you know you know, without being rude and making the cop's life difficult. Right. So good, good, great question. And not so easy to answer. Yeah. Everyone knows their children and the children should be smart about it. And not everybody knows the law, but I would say this. Everyone knows when they're speeding. They know when they're speeding. They know when they're on the cell phone. They know when they made a turn they shouldn't have. Most people are aware of where cops are because now we have ways which tells you where the cops That's are. Right. Where I forgot are about up. that. <laughs> so yeah, you put that in and you can always find out where cops are, where cops are hiding. So I would tell you this. If you know, as a matter of fact, that what you're doing is in within the legal limits of the law, then yes, absolutely. I would question why this person is pulling me over. Is it the time of night? I was just driving. Did they notice that I was, there was a female in the car? And where, where, where were they parked? Where they, did they come out of the blue or were they following me from maybe a location I came from? When they come from the gas station, did they come from the ATM? And I know this takes more than just saying this. It, it becomes a part of life. You have to be aware of your surroundings. You got to be aware of people that might have been in the parking lot when you left. Were they following me? Did they notice me? Did the guy notice me in the gas station as I was pumping gas? And did he pull her out? Did he, was he driving a Chevy Impala? Was he driving a Ford Taurus? Was it similar to what a police car could look like? Did he did not look like a cop? And that's kind of getting that mindset going of, yes, this is the person that was just at the gas station. He had a baseball cap on and a Yankees t-shirt. It didn't look like a cop. And now he's got lights on and he's behind me trying to pull me over for no apparent reason. So it gets the kind of motors running of, of 
kind of think of what did I do anything wrong? If you know you were speeding and yes, this is definitely a cop. You know what? I should pull over. But, but there's a different story to be told here. I think, Eric, there's a completely different story to be told. I think that as I'm reading this and I'm listening to you and what everything that you're saying is making sense, I'm wondering if this article, you know, not to step too far out into the conspiracy theory thing, because that's not me, uh, but I do like to look at things and see where the slivers of truth are separated from reality. And there's a couple things in here that really stand out that I think an average mom or an average dad would read this and be like, whoa, hey, this is important. I should tell my kids. But I think someone like yourself may be able to dissect these uh, paragraphs in this letter and say, well, hold on a second. Especially for a woman alone in her car, you should not pull over for an unmarked car. I think that that is, I think you might, say that, no, you should pull over because what you did was, you probably know that what you did was wrong. If there happens to be a gas station within, you know, a hundred yards down the road or something, then it's okay. And you should probably do that anyways, right? For the safety of the, for the safety of both of you. But there's a couple things here in this that, you know, the, the author says that, um, The author says that he told her to keep driving and remain calm and that he had backup already on the way. Isn't backup, doesn't, wouldn't, wouldn't someone say that when there's, wouldn't someone say that when there's already a police officer on the scene and is calling and requesting for backup? Backup wouldn't be, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm splitting hairs here, but it seems like this, this is really, um, this article is written by someone maybe who's trying to uh, get people to not very gently trying to get people to question law enforcement and be and like say, no, you don't have to pull over. Are you reading that in this too? Or is that just me? Anytime someone tells me an app is absolute like that. I, I just, I'm sorry. I, I just don't agree with, there's no absolute in law enforcement <laughs> We live in the gray area. There's black and white and in law enforcement. We live in the gray area. There's things that go wrong. There's things that we always question the things we could have done wrong. And then in this situation to, to tell someone not, not to pull over for an unmarked, for, for a police car with lights on, I, unless you have a reason, to, a strong reason to believe that that's not a police car pulling you over and it's in a desolate area, I'm going to say you should actually pull over. You should pull over in a safe location. If you don't like the location you're being pulled over, whether it's a marked car or an unmarked car, by my all means, put your hazards on, drive slowly so it doesn't look like you're trying to evade the police, and pull over in a in, in a parking lot, yeah. whether people around the gas station, nothing that's on the side of the road where you feel like you know your your life's in danger or the cops' life in danger because you know there's traffic whizzing by at ninety miles an hour. That I, that I get. But to wholeheartedly question pulling over for for unmarked car, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to step away from the, you know, sort of the questioning of the article in itself, and was there actually some type of motive behind the author there? I'm not so sure. But let's, um, let, you know, for for anybody who's listening to this, it, maybe they don't have any exposure whatsoever 
to the protocol and procedures that law enforcement uses in a pullover, but they do have kids that are driving, teenagers that are driving, and they want to, uh, they, they want to coach them on what to do. I'm going to share with you what I do if I'm pulled over, and then I'd like to hear from right. you what's going on inside the patrol car, what you're going to be looking for, what's going to make you feel comfortable, what's going to make the whole engagement better. So when I get pulled over, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try to, um, I'm going to take a quick inventory of my car here and be like, all right, what was I doing? Was I speeding? And I'm, I want to know what happened. Of course, I have my license on me. I know where all my things are. Um, so I pull over. Uh, and then the first thing I do is I turn the car, I turn the hazards on, turn the car off. I turn my interior lights on. I, regardless of what the weather is, I always put the windows down, interiors on, keys on the dashboard, both hands on the steering wheel so that the officer, when he's approaching my car, can see my hands. And I just really want to lessen the threat and any concern that he or she may have. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. And then I wait for their first question. Well, if everyone did that, Adam, we would have a much better, easier, easier job. But unfortunately, 98% of the population don't do that. They don't know what we're saying. They don't want to listen to what we're asking them to do. So on a typical, typical car stop, and I know we can't say that because no car stop is typical. Right. As you can see, uh, every single day, something goes wrong with it. When we pull someone over, we expect you to pull over relatively soon we would like you to roll down the windows so we can communicate we would prefer that you put the interior light on so we could see who we're talking to we would prefer that you extinguish cigarettes lower the radio you have to actually you actually have put, to say put we, your hands in a relative i know it's i know i have to say this but yeah people people just they, they either freak out they freeze or they want to fight you as while they pull you over. And when you get pulled over, the moment a cop comes up to your window is not to ask why you're getting pulled over. That will come. Any good police officer will explain. I always explain, but I always ask, may I see your license registration Do I know who I'm talking to? After I receive that, those documentation, then I will proceed to tell you why I pulled you over. But it takes time. I, I need to know who I'm talking to. And I have to ask you a few things. Well, roll down the window. I can speak to you. Some people roll down the window maybe an inch or so. And I, I can't communicate through, through an inch of window. The, the radio might be on. People and the passengers, are, are, there's a lot of commotion. Stillness, calmness, a clear communication. That's what I expect, like you just mentioned. But most people don't know. Yeah, you know, we can't we're not going to be able to change the country on this call, but if we can uh if we can equip just a couple dozen men to be able to with the information from you, Eric, on what to tell their kids and make sure they're teenagers, maybe even do go into a parking lot, head over to a local mall when it's closed on a Sunday afternoon or summer, whenever, I don't know, and do a couple practice pullovers and just, you know, have the kid go through the motions of putting the keys on the dash, hands on the wheel, even if it's daytime, turn the interiors on, all the windows down, be polite. Um, and I think, Eric, one of the things parents really want to explain to their, their children is that, you know, if you're polite and you help the cop do their job, chances are you're, you're going to get less of an issue with them. Oh, Absolutely. I would like to venture and say more than half of the time that people get pulled over, 
they would get out of a summons just by their their action, their demeanor, and their respect towards the cop. Cops don't want to write summons. A lot of times they pull someone over for an infraction, and whether they give a summons is usually up to the driver, is how they respond to it. Wow. Yeah. So so yeah, I I I never liked writing people summonses. And sometimes someone would do something so stupid in front of me that I would pull them over. Before I get it, they would say, Holy cow, I am so sorry. I didn't see you. I'm late for work, blah, 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 blah. They, you know, they just apologize. And, and it's impossible to write someone a summons when they're that apologetic, they're that polite, they're that respectful. It just didn't happen. It's, it's the other small percentage of people that refuse to comply. They do not want to listen to you. They refuse to answer any of your questions. They don't want to give you your documentation. And, uh, and, and to give that one step further, I would also like to say that majority of the time that people get pulled over, they do not get a summons. They, they get pulled over. They go on their way. It's usually just a warning and a monitor. Nothing else happens. As you can see through this day and age, there's a lot of people that like to videotape their confrontations with the police for whatever, ratings, whatnot. I don't know. There's a lot of guys that do these things called First Amendment audits which they go into police departments videoing, recording, hopefully for a confrontation to see how the cops are going to respond. And they're going to put on YouTube for a lot of hits, which is fine. But I would like to say that for entertainment purposes only, let those people do what they got to do. If you know you, you, you did nothing wrong, whether you get a summons or not, the fight is in the courtroom. The fight is not on the street with a cop on your window. You can state your case, but if a cop is adamant on giving you a summons, even though you did nothing wrong, you get your documentation, you find out where you were, you record what you need to record, take pictures of what you thought you'd need to take pictures of, fight in the courtroom. Don't fight in the street. You're not going to win. That right there is worth the entire episode, what you just said. If you know, if you're listening to this and you, you know, you really want to coach your kids on what to do when they get pulled over and how not to just, just be respectful to a police officer, but to make their job easier. There's a lot of, and and Eric, I'm sure, yeah, you just said those first amendment audits, but also in music and in television and the news all over the place. I don't think it's, I don't think I need to explain to anybody that law enforcement over the last, uh, you know, 10 years have been really getting, a, uh, a, a bad publicity and it's popularized to confront police officers as if they're the enemy. Um, and oftentimes young people may feel as though if they're in the car with other young people that to, you know, I don't know whether it's to be cool or to just be a punk or whatever, they're going to, um, they're going to be confrontational with you. They're going to want to, they're going to want to, they're going to want to trigger you. And, if a parent explains to their kid that like, look, you could do that all you want to the police officer, you're going to end up getting a summons in that case. I mean, that's pretty much a, that's just, you want, you want to definitely get a summons, do that. But if you don't, then don't, but, but also remember that your fight is in the court. It's not with the cop. And, uh, that's a, that's a really, I mean, that is a valuable thing for us to share with our teenage kids that, you can be as anti-cop, defund the police, and, and, and you know, for right now in your young, rebellious youth, have that idea spinning around in your head for whatever reason and however it got there. It doesn't make a difference. Hopefully parents will guide their children away from that, but I get it. Kids get caught up in things. 
but to make sure they understand that their fight will not be on the street with the police officer, that it's going to be in a court of law. That's a, uh, that, that really is a game changing message, I think. Yeah. And anyone that has a New York state driver's license, whether they know it or they not, whether, whether they know it or not, gives police officers in the state of New York, peace officers, the power to pull you over and ask for documentation. They don't have to write you a summons, but you have to comply with those things. You have to pull over in a safe location and you have to provide the police officer with the documentation they request. And usually that consists of driver's license, a registration and proof of insurance. Sometimes it can be on the phone, but yes. So if you don't produce those things, one, you can be arrested and two, you're going to get a summons anyway, because the moment that you, you fail to give a police officer documentation, he wants it. Maybe he's going to give you a summons, but since he cannot identify you because you're not giving a documentation, there's a good chance that he's going to arrest you. And from an arrest goes, the car can get impounded. So it, then it gets it, really it expensive. This, yeah. yeah it, it gets expensive. It just, it's time consuming. And I'm not going to see, sit here and say every police officer is on the up and up because we all know that there's not, there's bad apples in every organization, but for the majority of the time, being a pullover police officer is going to end up in everyone, everyone going in their own direction. And most of the time, it's not going to end up in the sun. We have a diverse listenership here, and I know we have some real libertarian-minded people, uh, and even in a couple of the podcasts that I've been asked to come on to, and I've been asked about the what is going on in the state of New York? What is up with your police? Like, what, like, like, like they're hearing that, you know, Police can't even do their job in New York City and people can walk into stores and just do robberies and, you know, the police won't even they'll just be sitting in their car, just sipping on a coffee, <laughs> just like, yup. Right. right. And, uh, it, you know, in one sense, it's like, why aren't they doing their job? And in another sense, they can't do their job. Um, but, you know. So we do have we do have people who ask a lot of different questions, and I've been asked those questions. But I think one question that I have for those parents, we can go and we can, Eric, we can have a long discussion about New York City, about what's going on and all that, but that's not what this episode is about. What about the parents who will say to you, you know what, officer, you seem like a really nice guy, but the Constitution stands. They roll down the window a little bit, Am I being detained or can I leave? And I'm sure that probably goes up your front and down your back when you have to confront that. Because I know you right, and I have had those right. conversations. But you've explained to me that, no, there's a, there's a reality. You, you have to comply in that situation. So for those men who really, I mean, you know, they're, they're well, that's a, it's a well-intended thing. But it doesn't do you any favors. And it's not actually within the law. At least I know it's a state-by-state -state thing. But I'd like you to have a. I'd like you to kind of have that conversation with that father. What do you say there? Oh, that's a, that's a big question right yeah, there. Yeah, I know. Um, each situation is different. I and I understand, and I'm not here to say that the police are always doing their best job, but we have a job to do. We are empowered by the state of New York, the government, by the VTL, the penal law. And so we were given certain powers and abilities to do and do a job. And so in New York state, when you have a driver's license, one of those requirements of 
getting a driver's license is that your, your the expectation of when you get pulled over is produce documentation. Now, that doesn't mean that you will sit there and ask the police officer question as to why you're getting pulled over. Any good police officer will always explain why they're getting pulled over because cops, they want, they want to pacify situations. They want to be the peacemaker of situations. We don't want to get into confrontations. We want to make sure each party and every party is made whole. Being in a job to do is extremely difficult because there's a lot of people that don't want to comply. They don't want to listen. And yet we still have a job to do. So it's got to be a two-way street. It, it just can't be you get pulled over. I'm not going to comply and I get, get to go my merry way because I have a right to not be, be free and leave. And when you get pulled over, yes, you are being detained. You're being detained until a police officer can do a basic investigation into what he, what infraction he saw until, un, until the investigation is over. It could be five minutes. It could be 10 minutes. When a cop pulls you over, he's most likely running your plate. When he gets your driver's license, he's most likely running your client ID to make sure there's no warrants. Uh, your license is not suspended. And he's also going to check your driving history. A lot of times with a couple right of summons based on your driving history, because clearly if you have a long driving history of speeding, reckless driving, other infractions, he's more likely to not be lenient versus someone who has nothing on their license. It's free and clear. And this might be their first, their first citation. I think the thing you said about the license and it, if you want a license, then you're signing an agreement to hand that license over when, because you're using the street, you're using the people's streets of New York here in, in New York or whatever your jurisdiction is. Correct. You Correct. are operating a motor vehicle and part of the license is an agreement that so long as you use these streets, if our law enforcement professionals see a reason to pull you over and ask for your ID, you have to produce that. Is, is that what I'm hearing correct. from? Yeah, that's a really interesting point. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. Yes. And like I said earlier, if, if you do not agree with the summons, as most people don't when they get a summons, because it's not fun getting a summons. But if you really believe that you did not do anything, did nothing wrong, one, you're going to plead not guilty. Yep. You're going to mail that summons in within 15 days, mind you, because a lot of people don't read the back of the summons where it says, you, if you're pleading guilty, you got to do it within 15 days in order to get a hearing date. Plead not guilty. Gather your evidence, whatever it might be. You could record the cop. That's fine because we're recording too. You can ask for the cop's body camera because you're entitled to that because that would be Rosario material. You gather your evidence of whatever it is and, and like anybody that's wrongfully accused or whatever, any defendant has the right to have their day in court. That's really interesting. I'm going to admit I got pulled over. I don't know if I told you this, but I got pulled over several months ago and uh, I was I – was, you know, I drive a big Jeep and once that thing gets moving, I don't really want to slow it down because it took a lot to get it going. <laughs> and, I, and I was going right. down a hill and a police officer caught me going the other way and he was really nice. And I said, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't just wasn't paying attention. Eric, I hadn't been pulled over in 30 years. I had not had, wow. I haven't had a speeding ticket or anything. Last time I was pulled over was when I was 16 years old and, um, little over 30 years. And he, I did everything he said. And I went to, um, now I, I take that back. I have been pulled over, but I have not been given a ticket. I've never been given a summons. I always was, was kind and, 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 and respectful. And usually whatever I was doing was something small. And I was, you know, was, they were just say, Hey, have a good day and just get that light fixed or whatever it was. This is my first summons. I show, I show up in court 
the police officer explains to me what to do just, you know, and they, they really reduced it to pretty much nothing. And, but I couldn't right. believe, just like you said, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I sat there the most of my time in court was they, the, the judge, she called someone's name. They weren't there. So, uh, uh, they put out a, um, warrant, warrant, right. warrant, right. warrant, warrant. <laughs> it was like, yep. why do you want to do that? Just, just right. show up. All right. So, uh, this, this is this has really been interesting, uh, Eric. I think it's also been really valuable. It's a great discussion. I think it's ex- something extremely important for parents to understand and to be able to educate their kids because it's going to keep them safe. It really is. And, and I think also it's going to help the child, the, the young young people who are who are just getting behind the wheel of a car to understand that law enforcement's there to keep them safe, to help protect the drivers on the road. And when they do get pulled over, don't worry, don't freak out. This is what you need to do, and everything's going to be okay. And so long as you do that, chances are the police officer is going to be there to help you out, not to bust your chops and and give you a hard time. Absolutely. Like like everyone who wants to drive anywhere, know the rules of the road. Know what you're doing. If you're paying attention to the road, you're going to realize I didn't stop for that stop sign. I think that's why he's pulling me over. I think I went through that red light. I'm pretty sure why I'm getting pulled over. Uh, and if you can have a sound understanding of what you might have done because you're paying attention because you're driving, which is extremely important because it needs your full attention, there's a good chance you knew what you did wrong. Roll your windows down, put the light on, have your documentation ready. Once the cop comes to your window, there's, there's no arguing. Just let, let him talk. Let him lead the conversation. You could state your case. I understand what I did wrong. I really apologize. I did not see that stop sign. There's a good chance that cop's not going to write you a summons. Excellent. Excellent. Eric, Sergeant Eric Caracato, I want to thank you so much for your time here today. I know it's the weekend. I know you got your family with you. It's a Saturday night. It's beautiful outside and you're sitting here uh, helping me and and getting a message through to uh, hopefully a few dads out there who will be inspired. Maybe one of their kids or getting their driver's permit or whatever. And this is an incredibly important conversation. And I think you would agree with me that it's an often, very often overlooked conversation. Uh, Not because they, not because parents are, you know, don't want to explain it. They just don't know, you know, they just don't know. And I think, like you said, it's going to make a difference in the life of a young person uh, when they do get pulled over, that if they're equipped to this information, things are going to go way more smooth. They're going to probably save a lot of money, and it's going to make the job yep. uh, for the police officer a lot easier as well, and everybody wins. So thank you so much for this time, Eric. I look forward to having you back on the show, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's It's been a pleasure. I love the work that you're doing, and hopefully much more to come. Thank you. I want to thank you for spending time with us on this episode today. It's truly appreciated. I hope you got some value from it. If you want to go ahead and leave any comments or questions, reach out to me directly. I personally answer all of the questions that you have. If you know someone like yourself who may find value in this episode, then please go ahead and share it. We'd also like to ask you to subscribe to Close Quarter Dad. This way you get updated every time a new episode comes out wherever you're listening to this episode. Thank you so much once again, and we'll see you on the next episode of Close Quarter Dad.